The Midweek Horror Podcast is supported by Horrified, the website that celebrates and champions British horror, covering films, television, books, fiction, and more. You can visit Horrified at horrifiedmagazine.co.uk and find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at horrifiedmag. This is the Midweek Horror Podcast with Hannah Fox and Alice Reed. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Horror Podcast. I'm Hannah Fox. And I'm Alice Reed. We're back. Number two of the year. I mean, you know, not quite so kind of startling as number one, but still. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I uh, very much enjoyed our film this week. Uh, What did you think? Um, God, let me get my thoughts in order. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I was right in there. I don't know why, I was very keen. And no, no, like, uh, right, let's get chatting. Usually we kind of like faff about for a bit longer, don't we? <laughs> we do. I, I hadn't even begun to thought, think about the film. So The Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2. Yeah, I was going to say we should introduce, you know, the film that we watch. That might help. Yeah, so a classic, which I've never seen before. By the way, just to warn you... Mm. Um, just as we were starting this, a text message flashed, flashed up on my screen saying your Amazon order is eight stops away. So there's, there's going to be, <laughs> you, you know, we're on borrowed time here. There's going to be an inevitable interruption. Well, there might be natural chunkage in that case. <laughs> I've had one of those days. I just feel a bit generically... Under the weather. Yeah. Like, not even ill. You know, when you just feel a bit tired and a tiny bit sick. Yeah, totally know what you mean. I think it's that February feeling, though. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's still a little bit cold, you know. Yeah. I just think, yeah, everyone feels a bit meh in February, so, yeah. I had too much, too much chocolatey cereal. Ah. I did that classic thing, you know, sometimes you think, ah. I feel a bit uh, <laughs> comfort eat. I'll just I'll just have a big bowl of big bowl of chocolatey cereal. Oh, nice though. And then afterwards, I'm like, well, I feel worse now. Uh, let me just let me just unplug my earphones for a sec to take my jumper off. Go for it. Be comfortable. Always be comfortable. Better. Yeah, brilliant. Bit cooler now. God, we get, we're getting loads of good content here, aren't we? We really are. I mean, this is what people tune in for, to be honest. They don't give a crap about the film. They just want to listen to us ramble on about chocolate cereal and, you know, Amazon. And I was just about to tell you, actually, that I was having a bit of a meh day today. Um, and then I had a twirl and then I felt a lot better. So, you know. <laughs> Okay, let's do let's do the Evil Dead Two. Let's do it. This is so the Evil Dead Two um, is an interesting one because it's sort of a sequel, but it's also sort of a remake of the Evil Dead One. Yeah. So apparently, it was something to do with Sam Raimi, the director, wasn't able to buy the rights to his own film, so basically what they did was reshot the film with a few changes change the cast apart from Bruce Campbell who is the lead in both um yeah and then basically 
almost made the same film again, which I think is really interesting because it doesn't seem to be a problem for people. People are sort of just like, yeah, it's kind of the same film, but we like them both. And actually, a lot of people prefer the remake anyway, or Evil Dead 2. Yeah. So to me, the only weird thing about it is that they called it the Evil Dead 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. You know, like a remake, a reboot, fine. But why call it? Because surely that will have limited the number of people who would have gone to see it. Well, yeah, because... And also potentially causes quite a lot of confusion, I would have thought at the time. But, yeah, for some reason it, it, it seemed to work. And actually, even more confusingly, the third one, Army of Darkness, I think it's called, is almost the first one as well. So it was kind of like a... That is a prequel to the other two, but was made afterwards. So kind of a confusing franchise, really. It's not a prequel. Well... It isn't a prequel. It is set in medieval times. So that one I have seen. Yeah, I've seen it as well, but I know I know, I know, know what you mean. It's set in a different time. But they say you should watch that one first because it's set before, um, without giving too much away. It's almost like a bit of a time-travelling scenario. But anyway, you could, I don't think it really matters. You could probably watch them all individually and it'd be fine. Should we, because this is such an old classic... Mm. Should we just have the jingle and cut straight to spoilers? Just cut the crap. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, so I apologise to anyone who was planning to just listen to our spoiler-free verdict. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, you haven't had much of a podcast this no. week. No. Yeah, but I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone gets to the jingle and thinks, oh, better press stop. Quick. <laughs> Not listening to any more at all. Yeah. I've had my eight minutes of podcast. <laughs> we don't really stick to a plan, do we? <laughs> no, we don't. All right. Okay. Let's, let's go. To the jingle. Let's get on to it, yeah. The Evil Dead 2 ends with Ash travelling backwards in time. And the Evil Dead 3 picks up from there. Yeah. You know the scene at the end of the Evil Dead 2 where he gets sucked into that portal. And the Deadites are coming after him. You know, like he's on the floor and the Deadites about to attack them and he shoots... He shoots it. Yeah, yeah. and everyone hails him as their saviour. So the medieval dead is the story of what happens next. It is. However, in the Evil Dead 2, well, actually, I think it's quite near the beginning. I don't know. But anyway, at some point when they're looking through the Book of the Dead, they talk about the saviour that was, like, foretold. And there's a picture of him in, like, medieval times. Clearly him. So I think that's why some people say, actually, that's the prequel. But I think maybe I'm being a bit pernickety about this, to be honest, because, it, like I say, it doesn't really matter. I just oh, thought, I see what you mean. Do you see what I mean? I haven't explained so that in, very in chronological, well, I don't think. 
In chronological terms, yeah. I think it was just, I read that somewhere and I thought, oh, that's quite an interesting... I think someone had referred to it as the first one and I was like, hang about, that's not the first one. But I could see how you could, yeah, you could take that. Um, So actually, before we watched um, The Evil Dead 2, that was the only one I'd seen. Oh, really? Yeah, Army of Darkness. I think I've seen... I have seen them all... But I hadn't, I haven't fully, I don't think I've properly ever sat down and watched one fully. One was the kind of thing, you know, when you're like up in the middle of the night and you kind of watch something halfway through. And so I'd sort of seen it, but I haven't ever sat down properly and watched one, I don't think. Um, So, yeah. For me, I associate these films are the sort of films where you'd be round at a mate. Yeah, this is it. And you'd be drunk. Yep. <laughs> and you'd go, oh, you love this film. Let's put this on. Exactly. And it'd be there sort of playing in the background while you have an argument about something drunkenly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you keep coming back to it. And you never, you've, you haven't really sat down and concentrated and watched it all. You've just sort of seen bits as you've been doing other things. Yeah, to- yeah spot on. Yeah, yeah. I did enjoy it. I was su- I was surprised by how quickly the plot got going in terms of Ash having to kill his girlfriend who'd been possessed and then burying her. Yeah. That all seemed to be very quick. There's absolutely no hanging about, is there? They kind no. of they're driving up to the secluded cabin in the forest. They get to the cabin and pretty quickly things start happening and yeah he's kind of decapitating girlfriend and you know all the madness starts they kind of they get possessed pretty quickly um which i quite like actually yeah, yeah. i quite like the let's not hang about and have a massive ridiculous boring build up to this it's just kind of like we know what we're here for <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's yeah. just get into it yeah absolutely absolutely and i think the actual supernatural action and all the set pieces, I think the film does superbly. Yeah. You know, just the physical commitment of uh, Bruce Campbell to the role and also the direction. You know, there are so many scenes of, like, the camera flying around to represent the evil force and, like, smashing things out of the way. It's just got an awful lot of chaotic energy. Definitely. Which, um... Which I really like. And that's the main attraction rather than the story. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's constantly things popping out, you know, demonic things popping out at him or blood splashing everywhere or, you know, the trees, you know, coming to life and coming in the house. There's always a lot of things going on, isn't there? There's not really like a quiet bit of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's, yeah, a lot of like animation and bright colours and it's very busy. (laughs) <laughs> very, very busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and all this... Oh, sorry, no, no, go on. I, I think I was just taking a breath. <laughs> <laughs> For once. <laughs> and all this... <laughs> and all this starts because once they arrive at the cabin in the woods, they find that the owner had been using it to study a very old book called The Necronomicon, ex mortis Mm. and by translating and reading aloud one of the incantations he summoned evil forces and ash plays his uh he's he's but the the like the researcher is basically yeah Yeah. he's basically 
I want to say dictaphone, but I think it's bigger than a dictaphone, but he yeah. just taped himself talking. And on the audio, he reads the incantation and that causes the evil spirit to come again. And, um, yeah, hijinks ensue. I've got to, I'm, I'm sure this isn't the main thing to talk about, but the name, the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, mm. that is beyond nonsensical. The ne- Necronomicon, are you familiar with H.P. Lovecraft? A bit, yeah. Not to any great detail. So he, uh, his stories, I mean, well, there are problematic aspects because he was writing so long ago mm. that, you know, he was quite a racist guy. Well, he was a very racist guy. Yeah. But his influence on horror is absolutely enormous. Mm. And what I find when you read something like M.R. James, an old ghost story, there's usually something quite cosy about it because the tropes are all familiar. You know, you've got bumps in the night, you've got uh, an antiquarian antiquarian going around a library or something. Mm. You, You know where you're up to. Whereas Lovecraft stories, really, really alien and bizarre. Um, He had this mythos based around these characters who humans thought they were gods, but they were actually just unimaginably powerful extraterrestrials. Even today, um, when when you read his stories, it's like it feels like he was, you know, doing something quite unique. And since then, a lot of people have copied it. He invented the Necronomicon. Ah, okay. And his etymology for the name was nonsensical because he wasn't a scholar of ancient Greek, so it doesn't quite make sense. But it Necronomicon is basically, it's ancient Greek, it's a book about the laws of the dead. Mm. And then Ex Mortis is Latin, and it means from, of death. Okay. So the Necronomicon Ex Mortis is the book of the law of the dead from, of death. Okay, so a bit, bit off, but... I found that disproportionately annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I think I could totally see that if you actually understood what it meant, because, you know, that it's a bit bit like, well, he's just said it twice, hasn't he, really? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think... In two different languages. Yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. With extra words in the middle. Well, the only thing that I sort of knew about that was obviously, you know, Mort being death and um, necromancer. That was a word I was familiar with. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I think yeah. that's just communication yeah, yeah. with the dead. Um, but yeah, I didn't realise it was actually quite a crap translation. <laughs> so I was, uh, yeah, fooled, as it were. While I'm doing, while I'm doing nitpicks, mm. you. So you pointed out yourself there were pages in the book from the year 1300 AD mm. about this guy who had saved them from the deadites before. Yeah. At the start of the film, they say that the book is 3,000 years old, maybe more. <laughs> yeah, they didn't think it through. <laughs> so how how does that work, eh? <laughs> I think because they just thought, pick a year, that'll be about right. <laughs> well, that, Hannah, is why I'm giving it one star. <gasps> because I don't like... <laughs> no! <laughs> Yeah, I'm sc- this week I'm scoring it purely on etymology and historical rigour. I think that's fair. And I find this film very lacking in both. And that was the end of the podcast. Okay, that's my rant <laughs> out of the way. 
Sam Ramu will be crying. Because <laughs> I know he's a regular listener oh, to this podcast. So, yeah. I probably found out he's dead and I just didn't know. Gr- <laughs> no, I don't think he is. Oh, good. Sorry, is. Sam. Hopefully so, not. When you said that, that reminded me of a story. Do you know Neil deGrasse Tyson? No, the American I don't think so. sort of astrophysicist. Definitely not. <laughs> there was um he he tells a funny story about how he got really annoyed when he was watching Titanic because there's a scene at the end where Jack's in the water and it shows the night sky. Mm. And the night sky's just got random stars in it. Oh. And the reason that annoyed him is because we know where the Titanic sank. Oh, I see. And we know when it sank. And he was like, you know, not only could you put real constellations in the sky, but you could actually do the sky accurate oh, to what it would have looked like. What a waste. On the night. But apparently he um, bumped into James Cameron at some sort of celebrity function, and he, he told him this, and James Cameron just said to him, oh, God, I'm kicking myself. <laughs> I, made a million, I made a billion pounds off Titanic. <laughs> Imagine how much more I would have made if I'd just got the stars right. <laughs> That's brilliant. But later, like, and later, when they were doing the remaster for oh, Blu-ray or didn't. DVD or something, he actually, yeah, he got in touch with Neil deGrasse Tyson and said, okay, you can consult on this. Let's get the stars oh, right in the brilliant. sky. So there's like a, like a happy ending oh, to the story. Oh, I love that. And they got it right in the end. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you could give Sam a call and say, look. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you're out there, Sam, if you're going to remaster this, get in touch with me. Rename that book. <laughs> Rename Actually, that book. <laughs> yeah. What would So what would you call it? What would make more sense? I would call it a Deddy McDeadface. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so yeah, so we, I mean, as always, we went off track, but, um. Yeah, I'll probably edit that down quite a bit. <laughs> oh no, that was my favourite bit. <laughs> I love that. Don't take out the Cameron story. I mean, that's, that's great story right there. But the, uh, I, what was I going to say? The, um, what I really like actually, um, about this film sort of visually is how it is a bit at times almost, um, cartoony looking. So, there's a bit where um he's looking over the bridge. He's He's been driving in the car. I think he's been trying to escape the cabin. And he gets to the bridge and there's like a big, uh, like almost like a claw of road stopping him. So basically the bridge is gone. And as he yeah. looks over there, it's like sort of like sunset. And that almost looks like a painting or a cartoon or something. Um, it reminded yeah, me, yeah. it reminded me actually a bit of, um, the way they did some of Beetlejuice. You know, some of that was almost like animation yeah, yeah. and car- almost like cartoony. Um, and I really like that how, and it, it, it kind of just, it, it goes with the film because although the film is a horror, it's also, there's, there's kind of funny elements to it. It is a bit tongue in cheek. Um, it's very, uh, some of the sort of, um, the monsters in it, the demons are quite puppety and quite silly. And yes, they yeah, are. Yeah. You know, so I think that works really well. Um, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean about that bridge, actually. And even before the bridge was destroyed, the first time right near the beginning where we saw the car crossing it, 
it looked like a model with a painting in the background. Yes, it did. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking, oh, I think I'm going to like this. Mm. Like just that one shot immediately made me warm to the, the visual style of the film. Yeah. Yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, the demons were definitely a little bit Jim Henson at times. Very much so. But yeah. again, I really like that. So she yeah. liked the trees and how they did the uh, like the stuffed animal heads when they came to life and stuff. They were that was yeah, it was pretty Henson. I loved the stuffed uh, stag's head on the wall when it was laughing. I love that scene actually when they're all laughing. <laughs> That's quite good. Yeah, like the lamp is laughing and um, Ash just on the verge of, well, I say on the verge of hysteria. Ash in the throes of hysteria just sort of joins in and starts laughing. Yeah, because why not? <laughs> laughing uproariously. I think uh, I think it definitely is a, a comedy. Yeah. Um, I thought some of Ash's lines were hilarious. Like when he's got his girlfriend's severed head and he puts it in a vice. Oh, in the in the tool shed. And he says to it, "You're going down." <laughs> or something. <laughs> something like really inappropriately competitive, <laughs> like they're about to play foosball or something. Yeah, like like it's actually you know not nearly as serious as it is. There's yeah, there's some good bits um, of the film like that where it's just yeah, very tongue in cheek, like that bit where he's like, "Who's laughing now?" <laughs> it's just quite yeah, quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think I think with the Evil Dead actually, especially this one, um, it's not meant to be taken too seriously. It's meant to be, you know, a bit of fun. That very kind of you know visual um, horror where your kind of arms are getting cut off and you know blood soaking everyone i mean it's quite funny actually the fact that he gets covered in everything you know like at the end his shirt is like black because he's just been covered in all kinds of blood and gore and goo and you know there's like eyeballs flying around like i said his hands like haunting him basically is like following him around and yeah it's it's supposed to be a bit funny and silly and uh a, you know you have a good time you watch it with friends it's a laugh you know yeah it's horror slapstick isn't it it is that's exactly it yeah um and you've you've got to give um bruce campbell credit for really for i want to say being a good sport yeah. you know he really really throws himself into that performance and i love the scenes where his hand's been possessed and he's fighting his own hand. You know, he really committed to oh, that God, and really yeah. threw himself around. Yeah, that was a really interesting scene because it actually made me go, ouch, because, like, that kitchen did look quite... Everything looked quite kind of real and, like, sharp, and he was literally chucking himself around that kitchen and, you know, doing, like, um, flips and... Oh, I think that's Amazon. <laughs> What were we talking about in the film? Yeah, where did we get to? So we we were talking about how it was like kind of cartoony and animation-y and uh, Jim Henson puppets. Uh, yeah. I think we got a bit further than that, but... Oh, no. Oh, head in a, head in a, head in a vice. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was... I think cartoonish is the right word because, like, when you're... When you're watching, like, Looney Tunes... Mm. It's obviously not 
it's not serious, but it's not actually funny in a way that makes you burst out laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I guess that's exactly the position that the Evil Dead 2 occupies. Like, it's obviously not, it's obviously not a straight-faced film, but I can't actually remember laughing much. Yeah, that's true. It's not like it's laugh out loud. It's just, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, funny, you know, easy watching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Oh, do you know what I found, though? This is another little grumble. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? No, I just said, mm. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Keen, <laughs> oh, keen to hear. Here, here he goes, goes again. <laughs> Come on, Ellis. God's sake. Yeah. Getting old here. So something that's really been... <laughs> <laughs> something that's really been pissing me off lately. Mm. So my hearing isn't very good. Mm. Not to the extent where I have a hearing aid or anything, but if I'm watching a film by myself, I will usually put the subtitles on. Yeah. Just as a bit of a help. Um, and it's been, it's becoming more and more clear to me. So what I rely on the subtitles for is to be, you know, the, the truth about what a character has just said. Yeah. And it's becoming increasingly clear to me that the people who make these subtitles are just watching the films and then writing down what they think somebody's just said. <laughs> oh, I see. And sometimes, sometimes I think their hearing is worse than mine. <laughs> You know, it's not like they're given, it's not like they're given the actual production script to work from. You know, it's not like, um. That would be sensible though, wouldn't it? Like, why don't yeah, they just do yeah. that? Exactly. And then it would be official. Like, you, you couldn't mm. have any doubt about what somebody said because the, the, the guys who made the film have told the subtitle of what was said. Yeah. But instead of, yeah, no, it's just totally somebody's opinion about what has been said. So do you remember when Ash is in evil Ash mode? Mm. And he says to the... One thing we haven't even talked about is how four other people turn up at the, the cabin. Oh, yeah, I just left that bit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is Ash's film, sort of. He is the star of the show. Yeah, he is the star. Bruce Campbell is the star. Ash is in evil Ash mode. And he says to the woman... Join us. Mm. You know, like classic, classic horror line. Join us. According to the subtitler, he said, you're nuts. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. So they literally, like you said, just had a guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I can see somebody, I can see somebody thinking that apart from the intonation. Because that would be a really weird way to deliver the lot, you know, like, join us, yeah. makes sense, but you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite work, does it? Because no, not at all. <laughs> you'd just be like, you're nuts, not... You're nuts. <laughs> yeah, it just... That's not, <laughs> you just say, you're nuts. You're nuts. Yeah. But you know what else I saw afterwards? So the next day, I watched Hellraiser 10. Oh, wow. Hellraiser Judgment. I don't know if I've even got up to 10. I feel like I want to now. Oh, do you, well, Hellraiser, for all its faults, is my favourite movie franchise. I do like Hellraiser, I must say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did you see Hellraiser 9, Hellraiser Revelations? Oh, to be honest, I think I need to go and watch them because I probably saw maybe like three... You know, like I haven't really scratched the surface. 
I love them. I've never seen a Hellraiser film I didn't enjoy. And that includes the shit ones. Um, if you're, if you ever want to chug through the Hellraiser films, I'm your man. Let's do it. I would love to do Hellraiser weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what I will say though, for Hellraiser 10, we are not going to be putting the subtitles on. Are they really bad? Because they were shocking. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one at the beginning where there's these sort of three weird, demonic isn't the right word, but these weird otherworldly women, and they turn around and they say guilty in unison. They're delivering a verdict Mm. on somebody. And they turn around and they say in perfect unison, guilty. According to the subtitler, (laughs) they said Calvin. (laughs) Is there anyone called Calvin in the film? Not that I can remember. Like, there might have been a minor character called Calvin. Um, they lit- and I was like, wait. And I had to rewind it because I'm, like, relying on these subtitles to help me. I was like, I don't think they said Calvin. What does Calvin mean? <laughs> and then I rewound it and I was like, no, I think they said guilty. And in the next scene, somebody's saying, okay, the verdict was guilty. Uh... And I'm like, son of a gun. I can't, I can't trust anyone anymore if I can't trust the subtitles. I know that's ridiculous, isn't it? Come on, guys, sort it out. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one more subtitle tidbit, and then we can get back to the Evil Dead too. There's a character, and I'm just, I'm going to look this up just to check I've got it right. So there'll be a little pause here, but I'll edit it. Yeah, um, I quite like your Jessica Fletcher typing. Actually, I think that goes goes well here. There's a character called Jafiel. Yeah, Jafiel, what? Though? And twice. The subtitler mistook this for one character asking another, how do you feel? <laughs> yeah, I could see that one coming. <laughs> how do you feel? Like, so Pinhead walks into one scene and says, ah, do you feel? <laughs> and the subtitler would put, how do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I could understand the sounds being mistaken, but not the delivery. Yeah, yeah. Nobody would say, how do you feel in that voice? Yeah. <laughs> not in a deep, throaty, serious, demonic voice. You just don't say, how do you feel? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. And this is, this has actually disproportionately upset me. This all started because of Ash saying, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I like feel if I can't trust the subtitles. Who? What can what I trust? Who can you trust? And you've already been burnt with the you know Necro Comic Con thing. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. The 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 one that makes my piss boil though. Mm. The worst one is where maybe you don't have the subtitles on and you, a character says something. And you think, oh, that was a bit indistinct. Oh, yeah. That Or that was inaudible. I rewind it and watch it with the subtitles on. And you put the subtitles on and they've just put indistinct in brackets. <laughs> it's like, Have you oh, ever seen no. that? But that is the point of why they're there. So at least put something. Find out what it is. Get the script. Yeah, so have you ever seen that where the subtitler puts inaudible? No, I don't think I have. Because that just feels like... 
that shouldn't happen because they should... Defeats the whole point. Yeah, get the script, you lazy bastards. Honestly, is it that hard? I know it's inaudible. That's why I put the subtitles on. (laughs) (laughs) That is your job. And you know what annoys me more is, like, they can do this. This is not live. They can do this, like, at a later date. When you see people having to do, like, um, sign language... You know, they've got to keep up. That's quite a lot of effort. And they seem to do a better job than the subtitles, yeah, to yeah. be honest. You know. Yeah, yeah. So they need to up their game is what they need to do. But it has given me a good laugh. So I'm kind of grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, two literal descriptions of sound effects. Two as in T-O-O. Yes, get you. Yeah. Where, like, th- there are some scenes in um, Evil Dead... I think before the ghost of the father turns up, there's just like a mix of weird noises, mm. you know, where they can feel that some, something, something's coming. And the subtitles were like um, saying stuff like, sound of horses' hooves clopping, <laughs> sound of explosions. And I'm, yeah, I'm like, I don't think it's literally meant to be the sound of that. I think it's just meant to be a weird, disjointed soundscape. Yeah, loads of odd (laughs) noises. I don't, yeah, I don't think you need to have those descriptions, clopping, particularly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Sound of a swanny whistle. (laughs) Well, no, they're travelling in time. (laughs) You don't have to to tell me how they made the noise. No, that's true. (laughs) I'm going to have to rewatch it with the subtitles on. I really am. I feel like I've really missed out here. I, whoever did those subtitles, my verdict, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> so what else do we have to say about The Evil Dead 2? So another thing I love about it is it's just so 80s, and I love that. I mean, the special effects, you know, like the... The, the floating hologram sort of head of the dad, um, you know, or the kind of, uh, like, yeah, like we sort of talked about before, the kind of the blood and the sort of, um, it's all over the top, which I love. Um, I love the, the colours, the soundtrack. It's just very 80s. And I don't know, that holds quite a, as a, as a child of the 80s, believe it or not, it um, holds quite a special place for me, I think, <laughs> films like that. <laughs> Do you think it's a classic? I think so. I think it's. I, I. I. Yeah. In my book, it's a. It's a horror classic. How about you? What? How do you feel? I can definitely see why people love it. I think. I think it is just a de facto classic. I think almost even if I'd hated it, yeah, I would still have to concede that it's a classic. Um, I think. Should we do our stars rating? Let's do our stars. I think I'd give it a four. I enjoyed it. I think I would give it a. Four and a half, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's not a five for me because there's bits in it which are a bit samey and I get a bit like, oh, here we go, it's another puppet jumping out. But overall, I really enjoy it. I I think it's fun um, and, like I say, it's a bit of a classic. So, yeah, four and a half for me. I actually wish there had been a bit more of a build-up at the beginning. Yeah? Like, there's there's certainly advantages to doing it like that because I was quite tired when I put it on. And, you know, <laughs> I didn't have to worry about nodding no, off. that's true, you're right. Because yeah. it just dives right in. But um, it really did make it... Um, I know you're not meant to take it seriously, but even what tiny bit of mm. seriousliness you could take it 
when it got going that quickly and Ash seemed relatively unruffled by what had, you know, the fact that he'd had to, I suppose I say relatively unruffled, he sort of went a bit mad, didn't he, when he saw himself in the mirror. Yeah. And his reflection was talking to him, so maybe, I guess grief shows its way, shows itself in different ways, doesn't it? I also think, because it's so wacky, I think that would bother me in a more serious film, but because it's so wacky, I just... I, I don't need it. And I also think, are they even still alive? Like, what the hell is going on in that cabin? Because I don't know if you really know for sure. You know, are they in some kind of purgatory or what, you know, what's going on? So I think because it's so wacky, mm. I can just kind of get on board with it, you know, not quite making sense all the time and people not quite reacting how they would. Uh, but yeah, I totally take your point. Mm-hmm. So, tomatometer time. What are we thinking? Ooh, the tomatometer. I think. I think it depends whether the reviews are reviews from the time, mm, or that's interesting. you know, it's um like all the reviews since. I don't. I don't know where the reviews will have come from for an old film. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a film that got panned on its release but has slowly built a buzz yes. and a positive word of mouth, like as a cult classic, and now is belatedly recognised as a... I think you're probably right. I'm going to go for 68%. What have you gone for? 68%, but I don't have a clue. 68. I'm going to go for 90. I think it'll be well received. So when we did St Maud, I think there was about 2% between our guesses. Mm. I know we've <laughs> so at least quite this a lot. time. Okay, let's see it. Hang on, pulling it up. So, Evil Dead Two, Tomatometer, drum roll, please. Ninety-five percent. Wow. Yeah, I, I. It doesn't surprise me because because of the cult classic kind of thing about it you know like you say i imagine or i wouldn't at least be surprised when it came out a lot of people didn't really like it at all or didn't think much of it but i think like you say it's built over the years and i think there's a lot of people for a lot of people there's a kind of you know special place for it so what does the critics consensus say let's have a look critics consensus evil dead 2's increased special effects and slapstick gore makes it as good if not better than the original so yeah Comparing it just to the other one, but... Is that all? That's it. Oh, what? Should we start with a red tomato? Yeah, let's start with a red. Okay, so... I would love to hear why people love it. Film Inquiry. Zach Zach Hestand from Film Inquiry. The film succeeds in finding the dark, twisted humour within the horror genre and shows the audience how ridiculous some of these kills and attacks can be. I mean, yeah, okay. Bit of a weird review. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe should have read it first. Okay. <laughs> Who was that? That was uh, Zach Kestand from Film Inquiry. Okay, so we've got... Let's try the Chicago Tribune, Dave Kerr. And Dave says, Evil Dead 2 is, pardon the expression, consistently lively, a ghoulish splatter comedy that uses wildly excessive gore to provoke the kind of shock that lies between a laugh and a scream. Yeah, can't fault that. 
I think we've had him before. Have we? We had Dave before. Didn't we have a review from him when we did The Innocence? Oh, possibly. Good memory. Because we were wondering if he was Deborah Kerr's (laughs) son or something. God, you've got a good memory. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think we did. And we we never found an answer. (laughs) So who knows? Um, (laughs) Should we have one more from the Los Angeles Times, Kevin Thomas? And he says... Uh, that sounds like a top critic. He was a top critic. So is Dave Kerr, actually, both top critics. So Kevin says... Right, it's family connections for uh, David Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> Just when things start getting too grisly, Rami rushes in with a hilarious send-up joke to remind us that all the blood and guts is meant in spooky grand... Oh, God knows what this word is. And I'm going to be embarrassed because I probably should know it. Goignol? Fun? <laughs> is that a word? Oh, uh, no, Han, I know that word, but I don't know how to pronounce it either, like Granguignol <laughs> or something. Yes. Right? I don't know. I mean, I feel a fool, but I just, I can't do it. And, uh, well, let's... Um, <laughs> let's let's educate ourselves. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Mm-hmm. Granguignol. How to say Granguignol. <laughs> Clearly, we're not I the hope, only ones. I hope these aren't the same people <laughs> who told me that Morphiv... Was pronounced morphid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Brilliant. have a look. Grand guignol. Grand, grand guignol. Question number two. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, because, I mean, I'm still none the wiser. I, th- I think it's just, like, over the top. Oh, okay. Grizzly gruesomeness. Uh, and wasn't it a French theatre or something that was notorious for... Oh, okay, so it's come from somewhere. Yeah. Oh, it it literally means great puppet. Oh. But it's because the theatre was called Le Théâtre du Grand Guignol. Wow. I mean, to be fair, we did mention puppets, so I can see where they're going. That that was a good... It it That sums it up well, doesn't it? It's specialised in naturalistic horror shows. Its name is often used as a general term for graphic, amoral horror entertainment. Mm. A genre popular from Elizabethan and Jacobean theatre, for instance, Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus and Webster's The Duchess of Malfi and the White Devil, to today's splatter films. Nice. Well, I like that. I'm still not sure I'm nailing nailing the pronunciation. Gronguignol. I think uh, I think you have. I think you do it better Grand than me. Guignol. I sound like I'm attempting Spanish and I'm not doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is a really good... Um, so that, that sums it up. I like that. Yeah. I was going to have a go at them and say, oh, for God's sake. I agree. And we've learned something as well. You know, when you're like, just use a normal word, but actually, no, I, I, I'm not going to say that because I like that. I use it in a sentence next yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put it on a T-shirt. Oh, yes. <laughs> what are the bad reviews like? That five percent of bad reviews. So we've got we've got someone called Mike Massey from uh, some kind of publication called Gone with the Twins. So God knows what that is, um, and he just says Gone with the Twins. Gone with the Twins. Do you reckon it's the twins out Shining, of the Shining? That's what I thought. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it, in a horror review? But who knows? Could be a, could be anything. Could be Twin Peaks even as well. Don't know. Oh God. Um, but I. <laughs> what, what a rubbish <laughs> name! Literally quite weird. But he, he... say what you like about our podcast. 
but our name is unambiguous. Yeah. Oh, except we seem to bottom out on Monday now. Well, that's true. <laughs> Don't worry about that little detail. <laughs> if you listen to it midweek, then it's fine. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. So Mike says, <laughs> six years later, the acting is still dreadful. That's all Mike's got to say about that. Six years later. So when did this film come out? So this one's 87. So presumably the first one was 81. Oh, he means... Si- yeah. I thought he meant he was watching it six oh, years no, after I it came out. I mean, no. I think he's... I, I was going to say we need, we need to get in touch and see if he's changed his mind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a bit of a longer one here from Richard Friedman from Newhouse News Service. Sounds quite boring. Sorry, Richard. Um, (laughs) Again, like, get a better name, you know, come on. But uh, he has said, the problem is that with no characters to care about, the decapitated heads, the eyeballs caroming out of someone's skull to land in someone else's mouth, the buzzing chainsaws and the incessant screaming don't really add up to very much. Mm, I can see why somebody would feel that way. Yeah. But that isn't what you're watching of. Exactly. You've taken it too seriously there, Richard, to be honest. Yeah, it is like a spooky loony tune for adults. Yeah, it, that's absolutely bang on. I mean, I think I would go as far to say it's like a spooky Grand Guignol. <laughs> I still can't say it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, I, I think we sort of did that in a bit of an odd way this week. But to be honest, I think if you're listening to this, you've seen The Evil Dead. Well, I hope you would as well, because it's spoiled to crap if you haven't. So, uh, yeah, I think... Um, Do you know what? I'm not, I'm not even sure we have spoiled no. it, because we talk very little about the, the actual, actual story. Plot. That's true. Yeah, I think we were all over the place this week. We'll, we'll see how it edits together. Right, what should we do next? Well, good point, yeah. Um, Have you got anything that you'd like to do particularly? No, and I sort of picked The Evil Dead 2, so I think you you should have free reign to pick the next one. Oh, do you know what? I did see something when I was watching, and I've I've never watched this one before, and I don't know whether you will have done. I don't even know if it's any good, but when I was looking for The Evil Dead 2... No, sorry, when I'd watched The Evil Dead 2 on Amazon, you know how sometimes it comes up with other things you might like? Yeah. There was one on there called The People Under the Stairs, and I thought, oh, that looks quite creepy. Have you ever watched that? Ooh, by Wes Craven. Yes. I no, never I watched haven't. It. it might be a classic, I think. But I'd watched quite a lot of Wes Craven. Like, I was a big fan of the Scream films and um, Last House on the Left and things like that. But I was like, I've never watched that. And it, it looked quite creepy. So I thought, hmm, that might be an interesting one to do. But I, don't, I know nothing about it. Yeah, let's do it. Should we do it? Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Tune in next time for more Midweek Horror. Don't get scared now. 